is up, everybody. Thanks again for joining me for another edition of the Bauman's Breakdown. Mike Bauman with you here, as always, alive and in the flesh. You can follow me at Mike V. Bauman on Twitter. You can also check out my website at MikeVBauman.com. And the website for this wonderful shenanigan of a podcast is Bauman'sBreakdown.Podbean.com. And don't forget, uh, for you mobile users, whether you have an iPhone or an Android operating system, you can download the Podbean app and subscribe for free via your phone. You can also do it on iTunes. Just type in Bauman's Break Bomb. Bauman's Break Bomb. That's right. I'm expanding into lip gloss. <laughs> You can, you guys know me, man. I always have at least like one or two tongue ties during the during the course, uh, or actually three or four during the course of the podcast. But Bauman's Breakdown on iTunes, you can subscribe there as well. And like I said, the Podbean app via your iPhone or your Android phone, you can download the Podbean app and subscribe for free on there as well. And with all that being said, now that I got all my plugging done, how are you guys doing, man? How are you guys doing? I hope you all are doing well. However you're listening to this, wherever you are listening to this, I hope life finds you well. And if not, I pray for the changes that are going to come in your life that are going to bring positivity to it. Change your vibration. I really believe that, man. I really believe that. I believe in in, uh, mental alchemy. I started reading a little bit about it. I haven't read that much about it. Uh, But I I started reading a little bit about that a couple of years ago. After watching a TV show and just seeing something by chance come up about mental alchemy, it was kind of interesting because one of the first lines that I read about it was, you know, it will make itself known in your life when the time is right. And it kind of gave me the chills, but in like a good way. But I really believe that, you know, positive vibes will exude positive energy and will bring about positive change in your life. I really, really believe that, man. So that is what I think you should do in your life right now. If things aren't going so so hot, don't focus on the negative. Just wake up every day. Try to put your best foot forward. It's kind of a weird saying, isn't it? Unless you were born with like weird feet or something, which is possible. Put your best foot forward. I never really think about that when I put on my shoes. I never really think whether the left one or the right one is, is my better one. I certainly favor my right leg. I don't know. I'm ambidextrous, all right, with my right hand and play sports with my left hand. I'm weird like that. Anyway, we're not here to talk about feet, okay? We're definitely not here to talk about podiatry today. Today, we have a guest that actually, uh, who actually, I should say he is a person, who, who's a really, really good guy. I see him a lot at my job, and um, beyond that, I've, I've seen him over the course of, of the last, you know, probably four or five years when I started to go to local record stores more and just try to support the the local business in my hometown because quite honestly it's a better experience going to a record store wherever you are in the world right now I hope that there's one in your town and if not I hope that there's one nearby as you guys know 10 years ago the music industry was in a very very uh, bad spot in terms of record stores because everything started to go digitally And people were purchasing their music digitally. There was a huge drop-off in actual physical sales of CDs and records and the whole nine. But vinyl, as you will hear on this podcast, has since made a huge comeback. People seem to be changing. They want the physical artwork. They want the experience of, of buying it. 
And I love that experience. I mean, I have a music podcast for crying out loud. I love this stuff. I love it. I take time every week out of my week to, to get guests for the show and to do this show, to reduce it, to record it, to edit it. And I love music. So going to the record store is something that I really enjoy because there are people usually from various age groups in there either buying or, you know, bring it in their collection, seeing maybe if they can, you know, do some trading or get a little bit for it. And when you go to a record store, you're surrounded by people, kind of like what I was talking about at the beginning of this before I started to go into my little uh, foot speech. You're surrounded by people who kind of have the same positive vibe. Everybody's there for music, right? Everybody's there for music. It doesn't matter what they listen to, whether they're into The Clash or whether they're into Led Zeppelin or Metallica or Citizen or Moonlit Sailor or Monstro or Alter Bridge. It doesn't matter. There's people who listen to all types of music that go to record stores. And it's cool to go in there and just talk to people about music. The people behind the counter usually know a lot about music because they work at a freaking record store. And it's just it's just a different experience than going into like a big box store. And I'm not going to name any names. Nothing against going into a big box store, but those purchases are not what's making those big box stores money. When you go into a big box store, it's it's about the TVs, it's about the appliances, it's about the cellular cellular phones. That's what it's about. If you ask somebody for a cellular phone now, they would probably look at you like, what? There's cellophane in those things, man? That's crazy. Is that in the new iPhone? But in all seriousness, they're, they're purchases that, that basically are there because they hope that you can you will buy something else. you know. So if you're going in there and you're looking for like the new Lamb of God Storm Undrong CD, they're hoping that you also buy you know, something else. Maybe you'll go look at a TV that's on sale or maybe you'll buy some headphones. It's all marketing. It's all business. It's very calculated stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I get why people do that. I, you know, you can get a CD cheaper for sure at a big box store than you do at a record store. However, what you don't get is the experience. And there's nothing against the fine people who work in retail because I'm one of them. But you don't get the same experience when you work – or excuse me, when you go into a record store because like I said, you're around people who love music. The people there, they know about record players. They know if you're just getting into vinyl, they have good suggestions for you on what kind of record players to get and what's a good value and how to keep keep them clean and how to take care of them. Excuse me. They know about the sound quality. They know about the speakers to get for your setup and what you're trying to do. I mean, it's just it's just a different experience. Not to mention that you can find some really cool stuff. There are so many really good albums that you really can't get anywhere else. And so even though this podcast, I've always kind of built it as, you know, up underground, up and coming established musicians, I'm also kind of branching out into more of just people who are within the music scene in general, who are just good people who really are not passionate is fleeting. So I don't really passion is fleeting. I don't really want to use the adjective passionate or, you know, I don't, I don't want to say, you know, passionate, you know, I I really feel like this gentleman who's on this podcast today, music is, is a huge part of his life and has been for almost twice as long as I've been alive. He's been in the uh, record store business. He got into it when he was 18 in the early 70s and is still doing it to this day. And that gentleman is Mr. Pat O'Connor, who owns Culture Clash Records in Toledo, Ohio, my hometown. You may know him for his appearance in I Need That Record, a very, very awesome documentary that I strongly suggest you check out. 
that was done, I think it was 2008, if my memory serves me right. Yes, it was 2008. Great, great, great documentary about the music industry, about independent record stores and what was happening in the music industry at that time. Brendan Toller directed it. And it was kind of bittersweet, you know, watching it because you, you saw guys like Pat who were able to keep it going. You saw a lot of people who unfortunately had to close their doors because sales went down. And, you know, really why I wanted Pat on this is because, like I said, I've had that experience of going into his store a lot. Pat has a little bit of everything in there, a little bit of everything. I mean, and it's and it's just really – it's a fun experience. You know, they do in-house shows. They do band signings. You know, national touring bands will often come through Culture Clash Records and check out stuff. I actually met the guys from Seven Dust there two years ago now. Yep. Two years ago, I met the guys from Seven Dust there. They were awesome. A band, a little band named Nothing More opened for Seven Dust on that particular show and on that particular run. And and it it was just awesome to meet those guys. I actually, I don't really get nervous talking to people. And I actually forgot the name of the Uncomfortable Silence EP from Clint Lowry's Hello Demons Meet Skeletons project. And that was my favorite EP because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm standing next to a dude whose music I love and just am so inspired by all the time. And he was actually really nice. They were all super nice guys. I don't know that you'll find a nicer group of bands or a nicer group of guys in a band or girls in a band than Seven Dust, but just really great people. But anyway, Pat Pat is just he's he sold me my first vinyl. He sold me Crack the Sky from Mastodon. One of my favorite records, not just in the last six years that's come out, but in general, just one of my favorite records. I absolutely love that album. The artwork is incredible. It's phenomenal. And I purchased that album digitally on the recommendation of one of my buddies. And I I was familiar with Mastodon to that point. I had Leviathan. I also had Life's Blood from Mastodon, but that was something that was starting to gain more and more traction and I had heard Oblivion and I listened to that record and it blew my mind I couldn't put it down and I was like I have to get the vinyl of this because this artwork is freaking amazing and I wouldn't be disappointed if I just had it digitally and Pat hooked me up man didn't have it in the store but got it in for me and that's what's cool about record stores too you know sometimes when you go to a bigger store it's like oh we don't have it it's just not here maybe we'll get it in in a couple of weeks and you know but if you go to a record store you're like oh you don't they can get it for you man they can get it for you. So I will happily pay 2 or $3 more for a record or 4 or $5 even more for an album, whether it's a record or whether it's a CD or whatever, just to support the, the local people because that's what it's all about. You know, when you see people doing things for the right reasons and you see them doing it because they love to do it, people are happy. People are bringing their kids into the store. I mean, it's just it's, – it's an awesome experience, you know, and we're pretty blessed in Toledo. We've got Friendly Beaver Records and – Ramalama records have been around for a long time. I mean, we're 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 pretty lucky here. So I just thought it was fitting to get a guy on that I have a lot of respect for, and uh, just just a really kind guy. Always says hi. It's always nice. Every time he comes in, he supports local. The store that I work for locally is a locally owned, family owned store. You know, local produce, all that stuff. So even though it's a big store and there's all kinds of stuff in there, it's kind of a one-stop shop place. It's it's locally owned, and and Pat is all about that. And uh, you know, we we got to speak briefly, more of an interview type podcast uh, because he's a busy dude, and he had to get back out on the floor and 
keep the ship afloat. But it was cool to talk to Pat in uh, in his back room where he's got all kinds of records. And uh, we just sat on a couple of speakers, and I talked to him a little bit about just his career so far and in, in, uh, in his life in, in the music industry, how he got into it in the, in the record store business. And uh, there's a lot of really interesting stuff in here, and it was really cool to talk to Pat. And, uh, yeah, so I will leave it at that. I will shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Pat O'Connor, owner of Culture Clash Records. Here it is. <laughs> time at work and stuff and like a lot of people over the years you've you've sold me my first record a few years right ago on, yeah cool. i got uh crack the sky from mastodon from right you. on so you got me that vinyl but um how how long has music been something that you've been into i mean i know you've been doing the you know record business for over 40 years but i mean was it something that grabbed you early on yeah when you were I, kid? Was, I was probably um i was into music Probably for when I was about three or four. Okay. My brothers and sisters were eight to ten years older than me, and, and you know they were kind of uh, getting into it. They were high school kids. They were high school kids when the Beatles were on Ed Sullivan, so that kind okay. of got passed down to me. I remember the first album I got was probably when I was five years old. First one I bought with my money. When you were five? Yeah. What album was it? It was Jan and Dean Popsicle. Okay. Uh, and I always had. Uh, kid records, you know, had yeah. a lot of that. My dad was an avid record collector. He bought stuff I wasn't interested in, you know, nowadays, but it was more instrumental, easy okay. listening, and he always used to buy them at discount places, you know, never spend more than two bucks for an album. Yeah. Used to listen to them every night. Do you still have that album? The Popsicle? Yeah, I do. You do still have that? Yeah. Um, For you... When you were starting at Boogie Records, that was what seventy three. How old? Nineteen seventy three. Eighteen. You're eighteen when yeah. you did that. So just fresh out of high school. Yes. So how how did that venture come about? Uh, I said, ran into a friend of mine in downtown Kalamazoo, Don Rose, who we had lived together a couple times, uh, in in uh, when we were in high school. Actually, we had an apartment together, and. We uh, we were just kind of thinking about what we're going to do after high school. He was going to an alternative high school in Kalamazoo called Dawn Treader. I was going to just a regular high school. And uh, we were just kind of throwing around some ideas about this, about that. And he was, he got a room where he was rooming with some people who owned Boogie Records in Kalamazoo. So he talked to them about how to get started in the record business. And they kind of set us up as a franchise to start with. Okay. Which was, you know, kind of took advantage of us as, as young kids, too. <laughs> but they were young, too. I mean, that wasn't probably their ultimate goal, but, yeah. So that's how we started. So we started checking out different areas for it. We couldn't do it in Kalamazoo, obviously. So we wanted to go within three hours of Kalamazoo. And we started looking at uh, demographics and things. And Toledo just happened to be the place. So you're you're originally from there? Oh, yes. In Kalamazoo? Okay. Yes. So you came here when you were 18 years old? Yes. Okay. To start a record store. How was it in those early days? Because, uh, I mean, at what point did 8-Tracks come around? Like 8-Tracks were happening. When they we opened happening. up, okay. we had 8-Tracks, cassettes, and LPs. Okay. Prim- primarily it was LPs. That was like the big seller yes. at the time? Yes. And when we also had like some other sundry items, shirts and that kind of stuff. And, and when, when did things... 
take a turn for like the worst that like led up to 04 when you guys finally closed i mean was it something that was like a slow insidious process or was yeah it, like... it was uh there were many times you know just starting out it was kind of rough we we lived in the store we would sneak into university of toledo or tu i guess then and take showers you know uh but it was all kind of fun and we were 18 it didn't really matter so much yeah uh then things kind of popped for us and we uh we just had phenomenal business for many years but things just in the record business it's a, a lot of up and down up and down and once when, when the uh digital thing started coming around that's that's kind of uh when it first started dropping down the record companies were raising prices tremendously the same items were available for free so it, it, it kind of just didn't work out and some problems that we had in personalities amongst all of us you know is it's a lot harder to it's a lot easier to overlook when things are really good yeah but yeah. when things slow down you kind of have to you see a, you just see a lot more things you look in the mirror a little bit more yeah it just wasn't good it just yeah. wasn't a good situation was there a time um, when, when after that, where maybe you thought that that final wasn't going to make the type of comeback? Because like now it's made obviously a huge comeback. Yeah. But was there was there a time where you thought, man, I just don't know if it's with the digital age and with downloading if it's going to resurface? Like, do you, I mean, what was like sort of your come to Jesus moment? I guess after the Boogie Records thing, and then eventually getting Culture Clash going. When I started Culture Clash, it was primarily a vinyl. CD thing, obviously, but it was a real strong emphasis on vinyl, more so than most stores had at the time. <clears throat> it built and built and built, but it still was not even close to a tipping point. Yeah. Uh, then maybe seven, eight years ago, after Christmas, there were some people in from out of town who just scarfed up a ton of records from us, and, and I just thought, you know, that's gotta that's really has to that's gonna be the the big savior you know yeah i think it's really starting to finally come now and so we started working hard we started buying out stores that had vinyl just really being super aggressive finding vinyl and good stuff and slowly but surely you know it we became known for it and probably three four years ago it uh you know, it just started tipping, and now it's, it's, it's really uh, very favorable condition. People are into it. I've, I it excites me because I've always loved vinyl. Yeah. I mean, that was what I grew up with. That was the most fun, and it's, it's super fun right yeah. now. It's really fun. What do you think turned the tide? Because like I was in high school right in the mid two thousands when all that was sort of going on, and and you know iTunes was kind of like the king. Like everybody yeah, would get albums the on king, iTunes yeah. and. Uh, but, but, but now it seems like people really, they want the album again. They want the artwork again. They want the liner notes. Because even when I would get CDs when I was younger, that was like my favorite thing. I put the CD on. I maybe would listen to like the single that I heard first. And I would listen to the album front to back. I right. read the lyrics. And I still really love that experience. What do you think it is about like younger kids now maybe that was missing maybe 10 years ago that now they want that? I'm not exactly sure. But one, one theory I've come up with is that everything in their life is digital. Yeah. You know, there, there's no mechanics, there's no looking at moving parts, there's no wonder of engineering. Um, there's wonder of design, but not so much engineering. And when you put on a record, I mean, it's just like, 
unbelievable yeah. that it freaking works. You know, you put it on, it's one continuous groove that floats its way through the record, and it's just these nutty channels and vibrations, and it, it works, you know? And it's pretty, pretty interesting. Plus, it's just a fantastic way to hold media. It's a fantastic way to display art. I've often said it's the most successful um, mass-produced art product the world has ever known. Yeah. You know, and it has it all. It has poetry if you like poetry. It has uh, visual if you has if you like visual. You know, it just has so much to it. How do you think, um, and I know it's weird asking sometimes people to talk about themselves and stuff, but like so many record stores have gone away over the years <laughs> and you were part of I Need That Record, which yes, I want to yes, talk to you yeah. a little bit about too, but so many, so many record stores and independent stores have gone away over the years. Like, what do you think it is about like this city and this location in, in your store, Culture Clash, that you guys like? Every time I come in here, you have like young people in here. There's older people in there. There's middle aged people in here. There's people hanging out. Like it, it seems to have a good vibe. Like what what have when you envision Culture Clash, especially after Boogie Records? I mean, how how do you, how have you guys been I able to stick around, man? I think primary the primary source is that it's the music, you know, that we're interested in. And it isn't necessarily my music. It's what you like, you know, and, yeah. and your discovery of music. I think that's a we try to we try to tweak our view of what we do here. You know, we're not we're not the the genius. We're not the professor of music. We're students like you too. Yeah. You know, and and that makes every day fresh. You know, every day is beginner's mind. We come in. I find shit that I didn't know existed, you know, that from 67, that's just like, holy crap, that's amazing. Yeah. Or just things that I'm listening to now with old guy ears that all of a sudden, you know, that Steve Miller album, I used to think, boy, what a piece of junk. I was like, wow, man, I love what he did with the synth on that. That was really kind of cool. So it's 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 kind of dropping my pre preconceived ideas and, you know, just 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 looking at it and yeah. seeing what I can dig out of it. And it, it uh, we learn a lot from people too, what they're into, and that helps a lot too. It also helps that we're doing a lot, you know, with with uh, stereo stuff these days, and, and that way we're we're all pretty much well versed in the stereo, so we can kind of guide people along, you know, to what to what to do, what to not do, you know, how to make something sound better, how to get the most enjoyment out of your records things like that, how to clean it, how to store it, you know, just just things like that. I don't know, I really don't know why I fell in love with this business too. You know, hopefully my love for it, which uh, which created longevity probably first and foremost. Uh, I don't know how I really fell into it. It's something that I like so much, but it's always been good. It's always been interesting and the need to learn and the, the need to love the business is, continues to grow. And uh, hopefully that kind of spills out on the, onto the floor, too. How did, you, how did you hatch the name Culture Clash when you were coming up with names for record store? Y you know, it, it was uh, pretty much I wanted to use the word culture in it because this was, in, in my mind, one of the, the major focuses of any pop culture is its music. And that's what what tells, you know, the uh, the underlying tone of everything yeah. is is the music. You know, whether you go back to the folk protest stuff, whether you go back to new metal, 
uh, or the the Motown of the '60s, you know, and uh, that kind of is the underlying point of the culture that I was always interested in. And the person that was opening up this with me, you know, my original uh, manager came up with culture clash and I thought yeah you know that's yeah that's not bad so we took that yeah and a lot of people say why didn't you keep boogie records uh it was out of respect to the my ex-partners it was also in my mind a different concept but you know now I look at it and go yeah that probably would have been a pretty smart idea but it's too late now culture clash is stuck though yeah it's people been doing all right they know the name yeah it's been doing all right um, you've had a lot of different in-store appearances over the years in different bands that have come yeah. in, whether they've played or guys that have passed through and done signings and stuff yeah. before, shows that they played locally. Um, I read that Tom Petty and John Cooker Mellencamp both came through Boogie back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Um, who are some of your favorite that you've gotten to meet in terms of musicians that were just like really cool people or like some of your favorite in-store appearances like over the years that stick out, whether it's Boogie or here? Uh, probably the favorite is, um, other than the last in-store I had, the favorite one is probably the uh, Black Angels. I, it was just phenomenal every little thing about it was phenomenal it was for record store day we pulled up uh to open up you know we were hour earlier whatever to get things ready there's a big old bus parked along the stanchion there it's like oh cool yeah and uh you know we opened up slowly as they got out you know they kind of came in and circulated we had food for them and stuff like that and it was it was cool just to hang out with them. The show they did was absolutely mind-blowing. Uh, we had a bazillion people in here. They were very gracious with everyone and signed everything and just were really into the to the scene. They're from Austin, so they're really into, you know, the, the Austin kind of breeds the uh, independent merchant type thing. Yeah. Uh, so they're really into that and really into like, gosh, man, if, if, if this helped you out, excellent. You know, that's that's cool. That's what it's all about. Um, and then they bought some stuff. They even waited in line, you know, behind all these people. It's, they were all, they were just super cool, but the show was mind-blowing. Yeah. Just completely knocked me out. Honey Boy Edwards was another monumental thing we had in here. Um, 92 years old. At the time, I think he and maybe Robert Lockwood Jr. were the only remaining touchstones with Robert Johnson. Yeah. Uh, and he was phenomenal. I mean, that was that was pure history, you know, performing right in front of us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's been a lot. La Luz last week was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, Citizen earlier in the summer was... Local dudes. Super yeah. fun, super crazy, as far as how many people were here, and just an amazing show. Yeah. Do you... As a guy who's, this is what, see, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, this is what, like your fifth decade, decade yeah. going in this business, yeah. were there um, bands or albums that you can look back on even now that you remember when you heard them just being in, in the business and people coming into the store, like, for example, like a Nirvana or a Pearl Jam and Soundgarden, all those bands in the 90s that kind of tipped everybody on their head, like... Are there still some that you look back on now that you look back and go, okay, at the time when I heard it, I I kind of knew that they were bands that sort of were going to change things for that decade, like whether it was the 70s or 80s. Like from each of those decades, you kind of 
reminisce and look at certain artists that yeah. you remember at the time and yeah. go, wow, I can't believe they were doing that? Um, probably, uh, you know, if you if you go into turning the multitudes on, 70s, uh, I remember when Aerosmith, like, clicked. Yeah. It just, just like, bam, all of a sudden. And it was everywhere, and they were just super hot. They were selling out the sports arena left and right. Uh couldn't believe it. 80s is a little tougher. Uh, probably U2. Yeah. Uh, it was not till probably the third album that they they kind of hit critical mass, but man, all of a sudden, bam. And was that Joshua Tree? Yes. Uh, no, uh, War, I'd say. Okay. Um, and then continuing on, when Joshua Tree came out, it was just amazingly huge. 90s would certainly be Pearl Jam starting at 10, but it took a long time for it to to kind of gather up speed uh, and also Nirvana that was that was kind of a, a misplaced win because you couldn't um, Bleach did extremely well yeah but it was more towards the underground and then when uh, Nevermind came out it was on Geffen through Sub Pop completely blew everything out of the water. I mean, it yeah. was amazing. You could not get bleach for probably three months after that. Really? Yeah. You just couldn't get it. Uh, they couldn't press it fast enough. And into the into the 2000s, it's kind of hard to really reflect. That's pretty close. Uh, I almost want to say things like um, Arcade Fire and right in through, through that were real game changers. For a lot of uh, a lot of the sound, but probably my number one influencer in in game changer and pivot point would be television. Marquee Moon. Okay. I think that showed a lot of people. You know, wow, man, this is this is absolutely crazy. And I'll even say that a lot of the things in the punk vein did the same thing. Uh, Sex Pistols, Buzzcocks, um, Ramones. You know, and as a group, they just kind of really, really influenced everything up to even what's going on now with like Mets or Nirvana or any of that. They really it, did. Is there, um, as a guy that's like got a lot of albums, obviously, and have played a lot over the years, sold a lot over the years, do you have uh, a personal favorite in terms of artwork and packaging that, that to this day you can point out that you really love? No. Uh, because it changes, not yeah. one in particular. Uh, I'll still go back to television. I'll also say the first uh, Velvet Underground packaging and contents, con contents. But uh, um, Talking Heads, uh, Fear of Music, and uh, Fear of Music the packaging and and the sound was really good. Or the content once again. Uh, Exile on Main Street. That was before I was in the business, but I always loved the album. I think it's fantastic. Probably one of my favorite Stones albums, and the packaging was really cool. Maybe it might be too severe to say like a record that that changed your life, but a record that uh, <clears throat> is like still like a flashbulb moment in your life that you remember when you heard it, and you remember like what it did to you, and you still get those feelings when you listen to it. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of that really. Uh, I'll say, and, and they're gonna go back to the super classic things, um, and those are things I still love. Revolver by the Beatles, uh, Sgt. Pepper by the Beatles, maybe even more Magical Mystery Tour. 
Um, Rolling Stones, Beggar's Banquet. Rolling Stones, Sticky Fingers, for sure. Um, Emmett Rhodes, this weirdo thing. Uh, those are all pre-touchstone things. Uh, King Crimson in the Court of the Crimson King and Starless and Bible Black. Starless and Bible Black really kind of blew me away. First time I heard Mahavishnu Orchestra, this is before I was in the business. I was in, you know, high school or whatever, and I heard that, and I just went, what the hell? <laughs> what is this? I, just because I've never really heard fusion jazz done in that perspective, and that just knocked me out. You know, once again, some of the classics like um, Theolonius Monk or Charles Mingus, uh, um, Blues and Roots, every time I put that on, it just blows me away. And that reminds me of getting ready for to do the record store. Uh, a lot of stuff, like a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. Any anybody recently that uh, you're really into, or anybody that you feel like potentially could could turn things on their head a little bit musically? I mean, I know now it's like there's so much out there, and you really have to dig. Yeah, the digital stuff. But anything that you heard that you went, wow, I, they're they're really surprising me. That's different. There's a lot of stuff that's surprising me. Um, there's a. I don't think there's a lot of turning on its head of late, or anything that's really striking me that way. Because it's pretty much relatable in in terms of like oh yeah that that reminds me of you know uh, um, gentleman's uniform or some of this weirdo post punk stuff or you know Willie Davis group things like that it just it just uh, Willie Alexander sorry um, there it, it usually takes me a while to. I mean, by a while, I mean like 10, 8 years later, looking back going, oh man, that was really advanced, and it's kind of like what they're doing now. But at the time, I don't always realize it, you know? Yeah. It's just kind of in the fold. Uh, but things I really like lately, um, Waxahachie, latest album, is probably one of my favorites of the year. But I don't think it's necessarily groundbreaking, I just think it's, what she does, she does it fantastically. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's nothing really that's groundbreaking, halting, that's making me drool and drop my jaw. Yeah. Um, I touched on a little bit early, but, like, being part of I Need That Record. Yeah. And that was, what, like, seven, eight years? I think it was 2008 when it came out. Um, did Brendan get in touch with you? How, how did that work out he, to be part of that? You know, uh, he had contacted this uh, coalition that we're involved with. We we're, we helped start it. And it's a coalition of, there's 28 different record stores. They're scattered all around the country. Um, a lot of them are a little, are bigger than me, but not tons bigger than me. And I think he contacted there and got a list of different stores. And it was just kind of like luck that the schedule worked out and he was in this area. And uh, he popped in and we said, heck yeah. Was it was it cool to be a part of that? I mean, because it, yeah, it ended absolutely. up gaining a lot of steam and taking off after. It that. did really well. It's it, it was kind of a bleak time in in the record store. It's a very transitional time before this new uh, age of of interest in vinyl. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I was still pretty positive about things, but it hadn't really, you know, there's still difficulties in the industry. Uh, but it was I was very positive, and it was pretty cool. I never watched it. Oh, I, you never watched no, it? No, I didn't. 
I was about to ask you that if it was bittersweet when you saw it to see like other other people who had kind of had like the other end of it. I, that's what bummed me out. I couldn't watch it. That's why. Just seeing people, yeah, like yeah, that sucks. Forty years from now, uh, if I had to ask you, maybe that's kind of a loaded question, but just because you've been doing this Dude, for such I'll a long dead. time, <laughs> there's no question but, about uh, it. Um, where where do you see music headed? Do you oh. feel like it's pretty pretty positive? With everything that you see in the 70s, 80s, everything? I can say that um, it'll certainly be really strong and full of interest over the next 10 years. And I think that a lot of the media that we're using is going to be a little more integrated into records, a little more, you know, and we might be seeing uh, things like, like laser record players that are... That are a little more uh, common because you know they're pretty expensive these days. But also on on the other end end of things, I think we're going to see a lot of what I've been interested in DIY records. You know, where people are actually taking uh, different items and scratching out a record on it. You know, I've been interested in DIY record lathing, and I've been working on that a little bit, and it's been getting to be successful as far as figuring it out. So that's that's kind of a neat thing. I uh, you have laser cutters now that people are trying to work with and make records. You have um, printers, 3D printers. People are trying yeah. to make records with. So I think the record, as far as being able to hold media and analog media in general, is really gonna still remain a huge interest and forefront with people, but it may change a little bit. It may not just be uh, done by big record pressers, you know? It may just be done on a local basis, which would be pretty cool, where you're knocking out 15 or something. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what you cool. went to Arizona for, yeah. right? Was to, yeah. to figure out how to make the records and yeah. stuff. And, and the, when the guy that you went out there to, to do it with, or the people that you do it with, are they are they already like full on into that? They're full on it? into it, and the guy does some pretty amazing things when it comes to creativity. Uh, he did a really stellar project for the Flaming Lips. He's been doing some kind of big, big acts too, and uh, you know, little runs of 300 handmade artsy type packages. Pretty neat stuff. But the the way that he's adapting things is is pretty neat. He's really he's really smart and super creative. The last a, thing I'll, I'll ask you. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I didn't he's more of a curmudgeon than me, but <laughs> I go, God, man. But he's really creative. Um, Toledo, you've been here for a long time, obviously, yeah. since you were 18. Yeah. What is it about this city that, uh, as one, kept kept you here and kept doing business here? And I guess the, the last part of that, because I've grown up here and I've seen things come and go, but also now that uh, you're still continuing to keep it going here. I mean, what do you think it is about this environment given all the businesses that have gone away here that uh, you've been able to, to, to keep the shop open man um, I, I grew up in in Michigan in Ohio I like the Great Lakes area I don't think I'd want to be anywhere else in the world I, I just think it's a beautiful unique area in the world you can spin a globe and you know pinpoint exactly where it is you know which is awesome and so I like the Midwest mentality of Toledo. I found it to be a little bit gritty, you know, because of manufacturing and blue collar, and it has that that uh, 
grit that we can make it, we can do it like Detroit, but not as harsh, you know? Yeah. A little more refined than Detroit. When I moved here was when Jeep was having all sorts of problems. I think it was before AMC bought them, maybe even. People were, you know, like putting beer bottles in the door, things, you know, and just being really... The unions were running things, and things were running rather poorly, you know, but, you know, that got straightened out. You know, everyone kind of worked together once management and unions kind of work together and I like that mentality you know we try to do things somewhat as a group somewhat by committee um, and I'm kind of directing it uh, it's close to the Great Lakes I like that it's it was for me a big city yeah when I moved here it's like holy shit no it's, it's been it's been really good to me you know well, Pat, thanks, man. I really appreciate you no, taking sure. the time. This was I don't fun. Know if, uh, I was going to catch up with you. No, yeah. dude, it was cool, man. I, I know uh, you got to get back out there, but um, where where can people find you guys, too, online? Like, even people who want to... TheCultureClash.com. Okay. Uh, Facebook.com slash CultureClash. And Instagram. Culture Clash Records on Instagram? Um, yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. Well, thanks, Twitter man. Twitter is TheCultureClash. So you're on, okay, Twitter, Instagram, and and then the website Facebook and Facebook, and Facebook too. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, we're around. We're around. <laughs> Discogs, we have a lot of stuff for sale on Discogs. It's all 12-inch dance stuff. Uh, thousands of pieces on there. So people can go there, too, and purchase stuff from yeah. wherever? Yeah. Sweet, man. Yeah. Pat, thanks again, man. Yeah, so man. We finally do all this. All right, Mike. All righty, there you have it. That was Pat O'Connor, owner of Culture Clash Records in my beloved hometown of Toledo, Ohio. Pat, thank you so much for taking the time, man. It was cool to finally do this. I know we've been talking about it forever. But yeah, you know, I mean, how do you not love a guy who, you know, didn't didn't decide to hang him up and do something else? Who said, nope, I have a vision. I want to keep it going despite what's going on. And lo and behold, man, vinyl has made a huge comeback. Every time you go into the store, there's people in there thumbing through the vinyl, people in there trading, you know, trading in their stuff. I mean, it's just it's just a cool, cool experience. And like I said, it's it's much more than just, hey, here's the CD, see you later. Like if you want to know about record players, if you want to know about vinyl, if you want to know about what kind of speakers to get, what kind of record player to get, if you want to try to get the hookup on a CD or a vinyl record that you can't find anywhere else, they will be able to get it for you. So, Pat, thank you so much for taking the time, my friend. I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm glad Culture Clash is alive and kicking and doing well. And for all of you out there in the Internet land, make sure you go check these guys out on Facebook. Go follow them at Culture Clash Records on Facebook. The website is thecultureclash.com. They are also on Twitter at thecultureclash.com. They are on Instagram at Culture Clash. So pretty pretty easy. If you put in Culture Clash in Google or you just put Culture Clash Toledo, you'll get their links, and I will certainly have them up on the website as well. But Pat's a really good guy, really interesting guy. And like I said, dude sold me my first record, and I know I'm not the only one who, who can probably say that. Going all the way back in the day with Boogie Records, do a lot of in-store appearances, I mean, it's just it's just a great experience, man, and it, and it's that whole thing where people are like, well, why should I buy local? Like, that's why, because you meet cool people like Pat, and you meet other people who are into music, and you'll get into bands and artists that maybe you never even heard of, you know what I mean? And that's what's so cool about the record store experience and why I hope that people continue to support 
their local record stores. So if you've got any in your town, maybe not in your town, but within a little bit of a drive, you know, you got a Saturday off, you know, get up, eat your Cheerios, right? Brush your teeth, get in the car with a couple of your buddies and go check out a record store. You know what I mean? Have a little fun road trip. It's fun because that's exactly what it is. It's fun when you go to a record store. And and I bought, I'll tell you this, I bought Mastodon Crack This Guy. I don't even have a record player. Because right now, I'm trying to save up some money because I'm getting ready to relocate. But I wanted to have a copy of Crack This Guy from Mastodon for when I got a record player. Because that's going to be the first thing that I blast on that thing. Because I love that album. But that's a goal of mine is to one day, you know, start collecting, hopefully not in the too distant future, everything that I have on vinyl. You know, my dad and my mom and my stepdad are all, you know, they, they all, I would say, have, have a very, you know, pretty good appreciation for music, you know, and uh, they have pretty cool record collections. And as a kid, I always thought that that was really cool. And, it, you know, as you get older, I mean, it is, it's convenient. You know, I, I've, you know, my stock radio in my car took a crap, so I, I got a, uh, it's a nice thing about working in retail. Even though it's not what I went to school for, I got a discount at Christmas time on a pretty nice stereo. I'm not going to give you my license plate number or anything though, because I don't want you guys to. But anyway, um, I got a nice, I got a nice radio in my car, and it's nice, you know, for for you know, in your automobile. Obviously, you're not going to be spinning vinyl. You know what I mean? That's probably something you'd see on uh, Pimp My Ride or something from back in the day. Some of you youngins might not even remember that show, but. It's nice to have, you know, USB drive, MP3 versions of songs and whatnot so that you can listen to all that stuff in your car. So there is there is an advantage, you know, to, to you know, getting music digitally. If you're going on a road trip or something, of course you want to be able to have all that music stored in a, in a confined space so that you can bust it out and listen to it and create playlists. You know, I'm getting ready to go to Nashville this weekend, which is Music City. I'm excited about it. And, uh, of course, I'm going to, you know, be jamming to a lot of different stuff on the road. Excuse me, because I got about a seven, eight hour trip ahead of me tomorrow. But in terms of listening and the experience, like I can only speak for myself, but I love it when I get a new album and I have uh, that's the printer going. That's what sounds like a big demon robot machine's about to eat me right now. Spitting out paper. The Lexmark. Lexmark is going to come for you. That was crazy, wasn't it? Because the air condition is not even running right now. It sounded like a big old, a big old robot monster. Oh my god! Oh my OMG! But anyway, um, where was I? Where was I going? Oh, road trips, music. But yeah, so there's an advantage to having USB drives. There's an advantage to having an iPod, of course. You know what I mean? I love my iPod. I have like four thousand plus songs on that thing, and they're all songs that I like. And I and I know you say, Mike, seriously, you got four thousand songs in your iPod. Do you really listen to that? Yes, I do. I really do listen to that much stuff. And I put that puppy on shuffle and guess what? Not a bad song comes on. Not one bad song comes on. So there's advantages to that. But in terms of like getting the like I still love to go to the store, get the record, put it on and read the read the lyrics, you know, read the read the the liner notes the thank you notes, look at the artwork and really digest that. And when you get it in a record form, it's just, it's, it's so much bigger. It's so much cooler. And there's so many different limited editions and things that you can do. I mean, Pat, as you guys, oh, there's the demon uh, printer machine again. As you guys uh, heard in the conversation with Pat, talked about how uh, he went to Arizona to learn how to actually cut and make his own records, you know, um, and there's people that are doing that and doing some pretty cool things with it. So, 
it's just really, really interesting stuff, and it's a really cool medium. And that was another point that he touched on. Probably the most profitable form of art of all time in terms of artwork, you know, in terms of affordability and packaging and what you get. It's just there's really nothing like it. And so I, once again, not to sound like a broken record, pun intended, definitely go support your local stores and get that experience because I got to imagine there's more dudes like Pat guys and girls out there who are who are doing the same thing and, and keeping it going but it's it's cool man and i it, and drawing was my first love so i have a really really like deep appreciation for for cool art and artwork and album artwork like if off the top of my head if i had to say like album artwork that i really love crack the sky from mastodon is awesome also once more around the sun is a really awesome album cover i also really dig monstro if you haven't checked them out check them out their album is phenomenal i wish they would do something else but uh that project was really cool and maybe there'll be something in the future but those those three are are a couple that really are you know stand out for me as far as artwork that i that i really love of course master puppets from metallica and injustice for all which is my favorite metallica record the the artwork on those is incredible so that's why i want to own them on final one day man to uh to be able to have that experience and uh we we've got a serious amount of copious amounts of paper coming out of this thing right now there's a lot of printing going on at the moment but anyway uh yeah go support your local stores you guys that's why i wanted to have pat on here he's a he's a really good dude the store is really cool. If you ever come through Toledo, it's right on Secor Road, not not far off of uh, the expressway when you get off at the Secor Road exit. It's literally like two blocks up, right at the corner of Secor in Sylvania. And it's it's just it's just a really cool place to experience being able to get music and talk to people who love music. And that's what it's all about, man. It's about connecting with people and it's about music is, is just such a I really love music. It's it's crazy that I you know ended up doing a podcast and stuff because I, I it's something that never would even cross my mind like five years ago when I got out of school. But um, you 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 end up gravitating towards the stuff that you love, and I think sometimes there are certain people, you know, and you might be one of them where you just feel like pulled to something or or, or, or just gravitate towards something, and you you can't really explain it. You just kind of have a need for it, and that's how it is with me with music. And my tastes are constantly. Uh, craving different stuff you know and uh, that's why you know a band like nomads was on the podcast out of cleveland a couple months back in a band like fossil creek the fossil creek band you know bluegrass band i mean there's just there's so much stuff that you can really really get out of just listening to a good album and and moonlit sailor we come from exploding stars i love that i've, I've been really digging that lately i just sent it to my best buddy nate getting a care package soon my friend i love you buddy so anyway, yeah, man, thank you for tuning into the podcast. I really appreciate it. Once again, you can check out my personal Twitter if you're a band or an artist and you'd like to have your stuff on this show. I'd be more than happy to spread the word about what you're doing. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman. You can also check out my website at MikeVBauman.com. And the podcast website is Bauman'sBreakdown.Podbean.com. You might be listening straight from the site as we speak, and you're like, dude, I'm looking at it right now. Come on, seriously. As always, you can subscribe for free on iTunes. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Bauman's Breakdown. Please follow the page, like it, however you want to say it. 
because I have all the links to everything else on there, my personal website that I just mentioned, the YouTube page, which I can't have a you know customized channel link until I get to till I get to a certain number of subscribers. So it's just easier to tell people to go to Facebook, Bombs Breakdown on Facebook, like the page, and then click through the YouTube uh, link because I have tons of past shows up there from when I first started doing this puppy like three years ago. Actually, three years ago this month. The podcast is celebrating its three-year anniversary. So there's a lot of cool shows. Mike D. from Kill Switch Engage and Jared from Surrender the Fall. Um, Ray Luzier from Corn, the very first episode I ever did. Paulo from Trivium. Paulo Gregoletto from Trivium, who they have a, a, a sweet new record coming out. There's just a lot of really cool stuff on there. A lot of really good local artists as well, like Tropic Bombs. And speaking of local artists, one that Pat wanted me to plug on the show after we got done with our conversation, I said, hey, man, is there any like local bands or any independent artists that you think would be, you know, would, would want their music out there on the podcast? And he gave me a very limited uh, vinyl of uh, Knowing. And you can check those guys out at knowing.bandcamp.com. They've got Of Now and Nested. Of Now is really, really good. You can stream it right there on Bandcamp at knowing.bandcamp.com. So I'm always looking for new music, you guys, and I would love to get the word out there about what it is you're doing because that's what this podcast is all about, love and sharing music with each other and helping people through the tough times, man. Life gets tough, but there's always light at the end of the tunnel if you're willing to see it, and I firmly believe that. You know, So if things aren't going so hot right now, just try to focus on the positive. Try to take you know, positive steps every single day of your life. And, you know, don't focus on the negative because I really believe if you focus on the negative, you'll attract negative. Your outlook will be negative. If you focus on the positive, you'll attract positive and your outlook will be positive. So that's today's lesson, kids. Test will be tomorrow. In all seriousness, thank you. I love you guys very, very much. Thanks again, Pat. Thecultureclash.com, y'all. And on that note, uh, I think I'm going to wrap it up. I am very excited to go visit Nashville. Um, I'm a little scared because some of you listening to this might be some scary Larry, so don't stalk me in Nashville. You know what I mean? Um, that is if you know what I look like, though, right? Because some of you are putting a, a, a picture of my face to the voice, and it's often very different from what you think. So, yeah, I shouldn't worry about you, Stalker. But, but if you do happen to recognize me when I am in Nashville, which would be really crazy because I'm not famous and I have no intention of being famous. I just love music. Um, I would, I'll definitely be nice to you. I'll say hi, man. Because I, I try to be nice to people. But Nashville, I'm so excited. That's Music City. There's so much going on down there. Um, I know there's people from Toledo musically who have gone down there and done stuff. And I'm just really excited to kind of dive in and uh, experience a couple of days about a place that I just hear nothing but positive things about. So I hope you guys all have a great weekend as well. And stay tuned, man. We've got some fun stuff coming up on the podcast as always going to have an independent record label on here who is a, a guy that I have been meaning to have on this show for a very long time and I'm a man of my word and even though it's years later I'm excited to uh, reconnect with him and get him on the show. Uh, it's also Suicide Prevention Month and uh, you're going to hear from Dylan Kaprowski, formerly of Stretch who is doing a lot on that front to help bring awareness to suicide and he wants to take that places and I think it's a really positive thing so make sure you go support people like that. If you know anybody who's in that type of condition or if you're in that type of condition, please seek out help because, you know, nobody wants you to end end it. You know, life is a beautiful thing even though it might not seem beautiful right now. So Dylan's going to be on the show coming up. 
it's going to be fun, man. I'm trying to mix it up for you guys and give you really, really fun people to talk to, you know, because that's what this is all about. So have a great weekend. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. Peace.